Hey everybody, welcome back. To, uh, I'm here uh, with Melissa once again, and I'm yours truly, Eric Chappelle. And uh, today, this time, we're going to be talking about another film that, uh, you know, is, is a personal favorite of mine and something that I've, uh, that Melissa has seen recently that we felt was interesting to talk about considering this is, this is definitely a decade-defining film considering, uh, uh, or at least a Recently, one of the things I've been doing uh, the past while is that before I kind of like decided to cut myself off from like uh, doing movie reviews is that one of the things I was thinking was like one final list of like, you know, just like going over my, oh, go, go, going over a list of films like that truly defined the 2010s recently. Uh, I mean, considering a lot of people reminiscing, it's like, man, the last year was actually better when we actually could go outside. So... It does kind of make sense for people to, like, start thinking about, like, those times and also going back to old favorites. And I've, with how uh, this film uh, also was supposed to actually have a 10-year anniversary really re-release in theaters, make, uh, makes it kind of perfect to bring it up and uh, discuss it. Um, now, for those who don't know, here's a little bit of history. Uh, Scott Pilgrim... Uh, started off as a uh, graphic novel by... Uh, I'm sorry, uh, hold on, uh, go on. Oh, no, no, I was, I was listening to you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I, I didn't know if you had anything else uh, to... I didn't know if you wanted to cut me off to break something off first. Okay, Um. so uh, so Scott Pilgrim, the, the uh, how it started off, it was, it was a graphic novel just called Scott Pilgrim by Brian Lee O'Malley. And uh, it went over the course of, like, uh, several different volumes... Uh, there's a lot, of course, there's a lot of other detail that prob obviously isn't going to be, like, summarized in one movie, or, or maybe, uh, even, because, like, even then, it's like, we weren't as confident about whether or not, uh, adaptations were definitely going to get sequels or so forth, so it's like, um, you know, it's like, and as a comic, it's like, it's definitely one of those, like, you definitely need to be in a certain niche to, like, really understand the comic, and that's definitely something that, uh, emulated further with the movie when uh, that started to get made um uh and at the time uh of release in 2010 this uh this definitely had an interesting release uh to say the least um because uh, um, there was one certain detail that i found out uh, mostly because uh i had family working in a movie theater so I kind of knew some uh, knew some certain secrets about it, but we'll get to that eventually. Uh, but yeah, the, so what the film of Scott Pilgrim is about? Uh, Scott, uh, sorry. Uh, did you have anything to? Uh, so I guess the first thing I want to ask is like, what was your first exposure to Scott Pilgrim? Like, not just the the movie, but just in general, like the whole thing. Um, I definitely heard about it over the years, but being the fact that I'm admittedly not the biggest Michael Sarah fan, is that how you spell it, pronounce his name? That's his name. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of a lot of his works. I wouldn't even say that I'm even the biggest fan of him, mostly because, and you might laugh at this, but my cousin Jacob looks exactly like him. I'm not joking, they could be twins. That is how similar they resemble each other. And not not not, not ex exactly the big, biggest 
fan of my cousin, admittedly. Yeah, and I have to admit, uh, even for me at the time, it's like I wasn't really into Michael Sarah as an actor. Um, I eventually kind of grew to tolerate him. I, I should say, uh, I mean, <laughs> tolerate him would be it would be a good thing. So I'm, yeah. I'm not, not gonna lie. There are some movies that he has been in with other actresses, and I I'm not gonna lie to you. The reason why I liked those movies is because I was a fan of the person he was working with. Not because of the fact that I was watching it for him. I was watching it for the other person. Like Juno? Juno. Um, there was another one that he was in with Jack Black, I think, called Year One, I think. I Yes. Uh, were I, there cavemen? Yeah. I loved uh, ja- I loved Jack Black. So I'm, I, wa- I honestly watched that for him. And mind you, I haven't even watched the movie from beginning to end. I've just seen clips of it. But I, do, I am a fan of his. Um, I think there was another one from uh, with Michael Cera in it besides Juno and um, you know what, let me was it super bad or adventure? no god no I hated super bad okay um that movie I'm sorry what the, it's fitting the title is fitting for the movie in my in my opinion <laughs> I'm sorry I I won't disagree with you that I'm in the minority that doesn't like super bad I'm sorry guys just yeah not, not I'm my, sorry not my kind of condiment not my kind of comedy um, I almost said condiment <laughs> And mind you, I do even uh, like um, Jonah Hill. And I hit a lot. It of... took me a long time for me to actually like him. But I, I, I think the reason why is because I liked the ones that, that he. I liked Jump Street with him. I liked the second one. I wasn't too big on the first. I mean, it, after uh, watching it again, I was like, okay, this isn't as. I guess I was a little too harsh the first time, but it's like, even then, I was still going to like, yeah, I prefer the second one. But um, when it came to, so yeah, like I've I've I liked a, a lot of um, the, the films. I mean, with him, he I think he might be one of those things that's like an acquired taste. You either like him or you don't. And oh me, yeah. And for me, um, a lot of the movies that I've seen that I have actually like have. I'm sorry if you're listening to this, Michael Sarah, but it's mostly been the ones that he's acted with people in. With other people. Because I'm a big fan of Ellen Page. I love her. I love Jack Black. Um, I'm actually trying to look at his movies. I, I just, I like, I have liked some of the things that he's in, but I'm sorry it's not because of him. Um, he's someone I, I, he was in Roly Poly Oli. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even, <laughs> what, what year did that come out? I'm sorry, I just saw it on his acting list. What, uh, what year was that? It says on here 1998 to 2004. Okay. Apparently he was also in Twin Peaks. The, the reboot? From 1990 to 1991. Oh, maybe he might have been an extra at the time? I have no freaking clue. Uh, that is interesting. But yeah, uh, aside from Juno and um, Year One... Because I've never, I don't know if I've ever seen Nick and Laura's Infinite Playlist. No. And I definitely couldn't stand super bad. Um, y'all can hate me for that if you want. I don't really care. Hey, no, I it's uh, I've I've been into the same thing. It's so like super, I am, I realized super bad is is is. It is, took me until yeah. probably like uh, this is the end to really start appreciating start appreciating Seth Rogen comedies. Uh, yeah, Super Gods, in my opinion, um, is another thing that's an acquired taste. You either like it or you don't. Yeah, I, so, yeah, for me, it's one of those overrated comedies I can't stand. And mind you, I actually am not even against Seth Rogen. I don't like all the stuff that he's done. Right, and, and I'm the same way. Yeah. It's, like I said, it's like it took me mm-hmm. until, like, this is the end to, like, really start appreciating yeah. films like, uh, 
neighbors or mm-hmm. sausage party even and mind you even actually i've never even seen sausage party to me it looks so stupid i didn't even want to see it i was like oh my god this looks beyond inappropriate although i have a feeling you're gonna make me watch it based on the look i'll add it right to the now. list oh jesus christ i'm a monster people <laughs> Well, no, no, I'm not uh, wait, I think you. I think I'd only reach monster level when I start showing you like the the darkest horror films I, I've seen. I do. Then I think that's a point where you finally have a reason to get the bat. I have. Well, I do have to admit that um, the movies that you are telling me to watch are not as because I had another friend who was trying to help my help me with my um, film education, and because I'm sorry. Mm-hmm growing up in poverty you don't exactly have a whole lot of money to watch certain things so a lot of my movie history and stuff like that is severely lacking but i have a friend who is i'm sorry into a lot of weird shit and a lot of the things that she was making me watch i was like um really so and a lot of things that she's also making me watch um were not easily accessible at least the things that you Ah. were telling me to watch are easily accessible on netflix or Stuff that you know, I can, I can, I have subscriptions to, but um, it's they're not as as bad as as what I was yeah. told in, in the past to, to, to view. Um, mm-hmm. But um, you know, with with Michael Sarah, like I said, being the fact that at the time I knew he was a part of it, it put me off because I'm already not exactly a Michael Sarah fan. But uh, and I was even. I'm not, I'll be honest with you, I was even hesitant to watch Scott Pilgrim because of the fact that it was Michael Sarah. Sorry. <laughs> but being the fact that it was Michael Sarah, but I knew we were going to we were going to uh, talk about it in the podcast. So I was like, okay, for work, I will watch it. <laughs> so, unless, so unless you're forced to, then you have a reason to watch something. Well, that, unless I, and that, and if I'm not having to pay money for it. Fair enough. I'm sorry, just, you know. <laughs> I'd like to actually save money on something that I might actually not enjoy. I was terribly disappointed to find out UAF, U, uh, when Google Google told me UHF was free on Voodoo and it wasn't. I'm like, damn you! Um, so yeah, it was... Uh, I heard about it over the years, um, but it wasn't really like catching my interest, even from the, the title of the movie itself. Mm-hmm. And even when I, and sometimes, I'm not going to lie to you, sometimes, like, movie trailers can really be enticing to help you, want you to watch a certain movie. There's a lot of, Onward, for example, mm-hmm. Onward, I saw the movie picture, I was like, hell yes, I'm seeing that. Hell yes. But with, like, with Scott Pilgrim versus the World, I was like, eh, eh. And then, but yeah, so it Well, I think that's more of a yeah. testament to, like, the, I think that's more of just a testament to the marketing team, which, <laughs> trust me, the, the, the way this, this film was marketed in some places and how it Oh god, there's just some things that just piss me <laughs> off so badly. Uh, but anyway, we're getting off track. So, what is the film about? Yeah. Um, in a sense, so yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't see it until recently, basically. Yeah. After, after all that jibber jabber. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for me, uh, so like, let's go over what Scott Pilgrim is about. Uh, Scott is a guitarist in the band Sex Bomb, and recently, you know, he has a history of like, you know, being a little bit flaky with. You know, some a light just went out. Uh, he has a tendency to be flaky Casper's with some with relationships, <laughs> and uh, eventually, uh, he, after getting one girlfriend, Knives, uh, he ends up meeting this uh, delivery girl named uh, Ramona Flowers, who 
apparently uh, Scott does try to pursue, but now has to go through her seven evil exes. So much like with, uh, so I guess both of them kind of have to go through baggage of their past. And also this is a, if you are a video gamer, then this is a film you are going to get a lot of references to because it is definitely, because Scott Pilgrim, both in the comic and the movie, it, it is definitely one of those films that does play to that audience heavily. And, uh, considering video game movies at that time because we're talking 2010 so it's like we had the we had just had prince of persia the sands of time the uh it was like around the time the fourth resident evil movie was coming out uh both of which were uh awful from what i've been told uh, uh fourth one I, uh, it's been a while since i've seen re4 but and then um it was also a year after we had street fighter the legend of chung lee which tanked horribly thank god so this uh, seeing a film that that had more video game elements to it but wasn't a straightforward adaptation of a video game was it definitely caught my interest especially considering this was the main reason i wanted to see uh that i was eager to see the movie was because edgar wright was directing it uh who had just come off of doing hot fuzz and shown of the dead so he definitely had a name for himself going with this movie and especially the the cast he assembled like not just with michael Sarah, but uh everyone else like let me just pull up my phone and uh but yeah it's like uh not just michael Sarah, but mary elizabeth winstead uh kieran culkin chris evans anna kendrick brie larson uh aubrey plaza brandon routh jason schwartzman may whitman uh bill Hader, just uh it's definitely one of those films that's like a, a who's who sort of ensemble film where you start to realize certain connections like and especially being a comic book adaptation to see uh people like chris evans and brie larson and brandon routh uh uh prior to uh you know some of their stuff in like the 2000s with uh, the cw and the mcu it's like it definitely is kind of a kind of a landmark film in that regard yeah how about you how did you feel uh what would like um i don't know it's like a how did i feel about about the movie in general uh yeah i guess like uh what were uh, like what would you say is like the biggest pro is coming out of this movie um when I saw, honestly, I actually noticed a, a kind of a weird advantage to it that I didn't actually expect. Uh, the, the thing is with me, I'm unable to read comics um, because of the fact that, and mind you, I've had this problem for years. Anytime I've tried to, uh, to read a comic book, mm -hmm. I personally am an artist and I've never been able to properly draw cartoon characters um and i've never or comic book characters even and every single time i've attempted to actually even read a single comic book no matter what it was i was always stuck even even graphic novels I'm, it doesn't even have to be a comic book, just like a graphic novel i've always been stuck on anytime i try and read them i'm like how the hell do these people do it like it, i've just been so and literally my mind is concentrating on the artwork <laughs> and not the story. So I've never been able to get past the thoughts and just like analyzing the freaking artworks. I'm just so impressed by it. So being the fact that it, it was very, um, 
Obviously, yes, it would. I definitely noticed he had the influence with video games and being the fact that I used to play video games when I was younger. That mm-hmm. obviously was um, uh, trip down memory lane. However, with or at least for for the most part, I didn't really. Maybe when I was like early, early uh, childhood years, I, mm-hmm. I I played video games that were kind of similar to what was being shown in the movie. But like later on. It definitely harkens yeah. back to, like, uh, the 16-bit and 8-bit era of yeah. games. Like, early 90s, late 80s stuff. But I definitely noticed that the film was... Which I didn't even know this was possible to do until I saw this movie. But I definitely noticed that it was um, kind of trying to tell the... Uh, make the film in a way that it was almost like reading a comic book, but in in, in, in film form. And I was like, yeah. this is probably the closest I'm ever going to get to reading a comic book. Right. Um, I, I feel like another example that does uh, fit that uh, yeah. is Sin, is Robert Rodriguez's Sin City movies. It's like, huh. he had uh, the creator of those comics, Frank Miller, attached as co-director, or he had him attached to the film so much that, because he is... Robert Rodriguez is one of those people who's like very attention to detail. Like mm-hmm. even even when he's working under budget, like he, uh, regardless of like what film it is, because like he knows being being someone who's worked independently with like El Mariachi, it's like he's one of those people who's like, okay, this is how I need to use my budget. So at least I have like a little bit left, maybe if I need to mm-hmm. use it for reshoots or something. And so, Magic Sensei is actually one that I've never seen. I've I've heard of it plenty of times, but I've never seen the movie. Sin City or yeah. oh yeah. Well, yeah. Because well, in all honesty, I think when that movie came out, I was young, and to be honest with you, it kind of creeped me out and put me off. A yeah, bit it is a, it is a, it is a harshly dark, darker yeah. film than Scott Pilgrim, but. And when I was a kid, I was also dealing with a lot of like depression and severe anxiety and stuff like that. So I just, I, I was immediately put off because it's like, okay, I'm already in a dark place. Oh, trust me, there are some this. other elements that you probably are going to be like, I think I'll stick, stay back. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like other, but like in regards to like like the, like the way the way it's filmed and the way it's told, I was like, you know what, this is actually a perk for someone like me who's never been able to actually read it, a physical comic book, but has always wanted to learn about the stories without having the 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 disadvantage of their own lack of skills yeah. being in the way. And that's another reason why I like compliment rodriguez for having frank miller on board for that at least in, for that kind of thing it's like he went out of his way to like make sure like okay does this look exactly like the frame like he went out of his way to make sure like every shot in that movie was like okay this is the frame of the movie like he was basically doing what like a lot of people complain about like with comic book movies it's like the comics already written use the panels as storyboards you morons <laughs> And lo and behold, that's what Rodriguez did, is that he used that as, as storyboard paneling to like get an idea of what, what the framing he wanted. And the last time that something like that was attempted to try and make it look like you're watching a comic book come to life was Ang Lee's Hulk movie with Eric Bana, which mm. is not is a terrible example of that being done. Trust me, you don't want to watch that. Uh, but, yeah... Uh, yeah, because uh, especially with uh, Scott Pilgrim, it's like that's another example where it's like it does feel like you're watching a comic, especially when it uh, goes to a lot of split screen paneling, uh, especially when you f- have uh, Scott and Ramona finally meeting in person. That one shot of like, uh, you know, them both looking at each other, but it's the, 
you know, it's that comic books paneling split. At I one know point. this might be a really weird detail to add, but I will admit it kind of was reminding me of some of the um, newer um, cartoons that I've seen people come out with like early, early on. Because I'm not gonna lie, some of the shows that they've actually come out with in regards to like cart cartoon TV shows, it's all it. You feel when you're watching it like almost as if you're you're playing a video game because of how the these animations and 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 tv shows are are made i mean oh yeah you literally feel like and i that was honestly the first and my honestly i think my dad said the same things i think the first time i actually saw it it was actually at his house he said the same thing with me it's like you're watching these shows it's like you're literally playing a video game and that's kind of very similar to how it was i'm like i feel like i'm both playing a video game and literally watching a comic book yeah, and I, and I feel like that's kind of like what the the main aim of it is to is to go for. It's like you know, it's like let's make this uh, feel as entertaining as if it was like reading a comic book or watching a video game or or just watching someone play a video game, and uh, especially with like a lot of the uh, stylized fighting that they really try to replicate, uh, mm-hmm. like uh, from the comic book panels and. Uh, the one that that is also at least one thing that does like uh, w- th- that is a problem with the movie that I will admit is like uh, kind of, uh, is that it doesn't quite explain like how did Scott become such a good fighter about this immediately? <laughs> that was actually one thing I was like, yeah, that was a... this kid knows how to fight. Yeah, like, it's how like much training did Michael Sarah have to go through for this shit, man. I know, and it was like uh, when I read the comics, it's like okay, they do go into like some backstory about what he did, like uh, you know, he and uh, the. Uh, the drummer friend it's like they had a relationship and it's like in the comics uh, actually they did an animated uh, version of like that particular comic storyline on Mm. YouTube uh, of you know their relationship prior which was you know it's it was great to see that animation but it's like I feel like you know those kind of bits it's like if they were in the film like uh, probably would have helped it a little bit Mm -hmm. um because that does uh, make it a little bit troublesome when you have like one of those films where it's like you know there's a little bit of homework you got to do to like really understand what's going on as opposed to like here's a movie if you get it then it worked. Like, okay. Yeah, it's kind of like with the MCU. It's like you know even though there were like there are like films that it's like I like Guardians of the Galaxy is like honestly my favorite MCU movie out of all of them, but mostly because it's like along with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two you don't need to watch any of the other MCU films to, like, understand, like, what's going on here mm. uh, and so forth. It's like, no, you could just, like, put on Guardians of the Galaxy and be like, oh, who's that Thanos guy? Or it's like, well, who cares? So, like, we'll worry about it later. It's like, then the sequel, it's like, okay, it's brought up. It's like, who's this? It's like they mentioned Thanos again. It's like, what's going on? So it's like... And correct me if I'm wrong, if, if I'm wrong, but Guardians of the Galaxy and all that stuff is based on, on comic book characters, right? It is, yeah. Okay. The, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they all have comic books okay. based on their characters. Okay. So that entire world is literally comic book driven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pretty much. Just had to ask. We're all connected. Excelsior. Because <laughs> I like, I, that's actually one one of the reasons why, because I like watching them. It's And that's actually one of the reasons why I'm grateful for the, those, those movies. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, for someone like me who's always who's been wanting to learn more about it for a while now. But, because sometimes it's, it's frustrating when you go into these movies or you're trying to watch them and don't exactly know what's going on. But at the same time, like I said, when you're not able to get past the, God damn, this is really good artwork, man. You know, it's frustrating. 
which is usually always where I get stopped. So I'm just like, I, I just, for me, it's just that visual aspect. I'm like, okay, this is awesome. But yeah, it's, it's, um, it's just, it's nice to have these movies to, for, for a, um, bit of, uh, to, to basically watch these comic books come to life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, that's that's another thing. It's like uh, Marvel has done like a uh, yeah. It's like the world just really does keep you fascinated by it. And even if there are some like Marvel films that it's like I will obviously say I don't like. It's like I will still say it's like well at least it can bring up some like interesting plot points about this universe that I'd be like okay I might be interested in seeing how that's explored maybe. So yeah, in in regards to my overall opinion. I will admit I didn't love it. I will admit, but I definitely did see advantages to the movie itself, and I did see some massive pros. Mm-hmm. And I, there are also some characters that I absolutely loved in this movie that definitely made it worthwhile. But um, it definitely I can't say it was definitely my my favorite movie I've ever seen. It, but I didn't think no. it was bad. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that, that's something especially for me, because, like, I've gone back and forth about, like, what exactly is my favorite Edgar Wright film. It's, like, it's, I don't know, it's kind of a toss between this, The World's End, and maybe Baby Driver. Um, mm. Although, maybe his next film, uh, whenever it comes out, might change my mind. Uh, I've never seen Baby Driver, and I don't know, I, I don't know if I've ever, what was the other movie that you said? Uh, the World's End. It was the last film of his uh, Cornetto trilogy that he did with uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that movie either. Oh yeah, that's uh, that that was uh, actually what came out after Scott Pilgrim. Uh, so it's like that was his like, and you know, my brother had, being a major Edgar Wright fan uh, had said it's like yeah, The World's End is like definitely top notch. But he was one of those people who like just fell in love with Scott Pilgrim and. Uh, yeah, um, it was also funny, because, like, uh, where was I going to go with this? Um, yeah, because definitely another one of the, con- uh, a big con that definitely I can understand people coming from is, like, uh, definitely, depending on the characters, like, I have seen a couple, like, reviewers, like, uh, AVGN, and then, like, yeah, uh, movie's fun, but it's like, I have a problem with Scott, he's just a <laughs> fucking asshole. Um... Because that's definitely yeah. a major problem that people can differ on. Is like whether or not the character is just the right amount of asshole, I guess. Mm. Well, admittedly, part of the problem, I think, with this for me was that, and I'm assuming that's because of the fact that it is comic book driven, I'm assuming that the, the, com- the characters in the comic book are also just as dramatic. But a lot of the characters seemed very overly dramatic. And I'm like... This they were like, sort of like that in the comics. Okay, because like there were, like so there, my I think my favorite characters in this in this in this uh, movie probably were his sister, hmm. and believe it or not, Julie. She may have been bitchy, <laughs> <laughs> but it was just her bluntness. Yeah. And her use of the f word constantly, <laughs> and the fact that they kept bleeping her. She's like, never mind how I do that. I'm like, I guarantee you, it's I like. Love Either that was intended, or maybe that was just like Aubrey Prasov was just having a bad day, and Edgar White was like, "Aubrey, can you please just do the script straightforward? Shut the fuck up, Edgar!" 
I just I, I love like she really attitude. nailed that character. Like I I think that was also my introduction to her at the time. Like way I I, I, I did Parks and Rec start in two thousand nine. I actually don't even know. I know I I didn't never even seen it. At single, I've seen bloopers for Parks and Rec. Okay. And well, his when, why is when because when I found out that Chris uh, Chris uh, Pratt was involved with that mm-hmm. show, I saw the bloopers for it. <laughs> but other than that, I've never seen a single episode of Parks and Rec. Funny enough, uh, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll get to Chris Pratt later. But yeah, it's like uh, Aubrey Plaza just like really. Like, that was just my introduction to her. Just realized, just the sarcastic person who's just like, I've known several people in high school who are obviously like that, who are just like, I'm going to be blunt and I'm just going to tell you, fuck off. I, just, I loved her personality. It was just straightforward, didn't give a shit, mm-hmm. very much like, don't care, constantly using F-bomb. Like the fact and that possibly a secret lesbo. <laughs> you know considering, what? Considering she had the hot for hot one of Scott's exes. Not in love with that man. Yeah. But I was I, I loved her character like that. I also I think I also loved uh, his sister for yeah. the same freaking reason. That blunt uh, personality, that blunt persona, and and mm-hmm. just I'm also a very very big fan of um, Anna Kendrick in, oh, in yeah. general. Uh, I I just love her attitude. So mm-hmm. those two characters were definitely awesome. But um, when it came to the main girl character, um, the one that he was actually Ramona, right. mm-hmm. loved her style, and being the fact that I loved her haircuts and she constantly was rocking some colored hair. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, I love dyed hair. All right, but yeah. it was just like her her persona. I'm just like I like this girl. There's a sense of mystery about her, but I, I just. She was definitely a winning factor because I'm sorry, all the rest of the you definitely got why Scott liked her. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. But it <laughs> it was um, if I was gay, I probably would go be going after myself. Because <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, you, you, uh, you would be Roxy. Uh, but when it comes to uh, actually no, not 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 that character actually that character <laughs> I thought was very overdramatic and bitchy. I was like seriously, Wait, you don't want to hit people with a hammer, <laughs> a big hammer. Um. I thought she was a little bit overdramatic. Fun fact: Did you know she's the same actress who was on uh, uh, Good Girls and uh, also previously voiced Katara on Avatar? Never seen either. Well, now you know. <laughs> but like, I just but I, May I, Woman, I really loved her in this. But there were definitely scenes in this movie that I absolutely loved. Mm-hmm. Um, being one of them. Well, that and there was no, there was a part of this movie that I was just like, okay, really, because it was it was starting to get, to get annoying with the story the storyline. Uh, first off, the the scene I actually was kind of annoyed with was the scene where he had to fight the ex that was vegan. I love that guy, honestly. Uh, but go on. What what was your? Um, it was just the 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 whole vegan storyline was was getting a bit much. It was just like, okay, people. You feel like they ran the joke into the ground? Kind of, but, well, the thing is, is not all vegans and not, not even all vegetarians are healthy. <laughs> I'm sorry to say this, okay, but technically... You're too muscular. Technically, cheese pizza, soda, and candy can be considered vegetarian diet, all right? But not exactly healthy for you. Yeah. So, you know, just like, oh, yeah, you're, 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 I'm vegan, so I'm automatically better. Um, Tell it to the cleaning on Monday. Not necessarily sure if I agree with that. 
<laughs> but, you know. What, the, what, you don't think that's a good comeback to tell people? What, what that, that vegans are better, better No, oh, well, no, sorry, sorry. So I thought you were responding to me quoting him. Oh, no, I didn't, I, I, yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> but when it comes to their fight scene, admittedly, I was mm-hmm. like, this is actually not a bad scene since I'm really liking the riffs that are coming out of that guitar, those guitars. Yeah. Um, yeah, because like uh, that was actually one. Uh, that was actually the role that actually a little bit saved Brandon Routh's career because like, yeah, a lot of people were kind of giving him baggage for like Superman Returns, but uh, I, honestly, I was one of those people who loved him and as Superman. Mm. Um, but what I saw him in this and just saw it's like finally just be this like blood stoic vegan who's just like i yeah i'm the guy with the best one-liners it's like i know i can beat you but just like the way he goes into explaining his threat it's like one of the funniest scenes in the movie Mm. where it's like just the way he's like just like stoically describing it's like yeah that's why you're gonna be dust Mm. she dusts dusts like the, the hand gestures would get at me the most. It's like just like yeah, you know this. This is dusting. That and I actually weirdly thought it was a really really powerful thing to add at the end of that scene with him calling her Natalie, because just when she she stood there for a second was just like, no one's called me Natalie in a really long time. It was mm. almost like that vulnerability came down. Yeah. Or that 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 power power persona came down and you actually got to see her being vulnerable and i'm like that's actually surprisingly very powerful to add to this this film i mean the fact that she was supposed to be like this big ass rock star Mm -hmm. so i actually appreciated that little bit being the fact that she was it was kind of like she was coming back to her own real identity yeah i i feel like the way you describe it that way it's like that kind of makes me that 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 does kind of make me a little bit more disappointed in Brie Larson because like I see that and I'm like reminded of like yeah there was a reason I liked her and then it's like you know the whole thing with like Captain Marvel I'm like I'm just like a little bored of her stoicism it's mm. like the it's like I can understand the same way uh, people have with Brandon Routh it's like the only difference is that uh, Brandon Routh had some funny comebacks that had that he managed to deliver pretty solidly mm. although. Uh, and I just feel like that might have helped uh, Captain Marvel. It's like if she probably just had maybe some, uh, probably some better one-liners, or like maybe if someone took a moment to realize it's like okay, maybe it would, maybe this scene would probably feel better if it had this kind of inflection or tone. But that and the other the other two scenes I loved um, that I that I. Or at least maybe it was just one. I'm not, I think maybe it was one other one. Was the the fight scene between uh, Ramona and Roxy? I'm sorry. Yeah. I love strong that's, women. That's that's honestly my favorite fight scene in the movie. And when when I I just because we see so many and I'm sorry for for the sexism or misogynism or whatever, but when I see I'm just kind of getting a little bit tired of the the men against men or or men against it's like can you ever like incorporate more strong women into your films right uh but not and not only do that but also make it so where it's like it's not in our face constantly it's like just do the fight scene and have it and just have it flow normal so yeah because 
one of the I I love Wonder Woman. That's actually one of the reasons why I love Wonder mm-hmm. Woman. It's because of the fact that it's it's just showcasing the strong woman. Yeah. Who can stand on her own two feet. And plus, it's like it kind of makes sense for like some of the sexism that makes sense because it's like it's you know it's World War One time, so it's mm-hmm. like obviously it's like we're unprepared for this sort of thing. We don't know what we're going up against, so it's like. I can understand it, how it's like they would be unprepared. It's like, we don't know what's going to come out of this, and we don't know who is going to survive. Mm-hmm. So, and, yeah, uh, yeah, that scene of her walking through no man's land, it's like, that still gives a, me goosebumps. It's just this powerful, that strength within scene, and you're just like, yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I love that strength, that, 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 that female empowerment. And I think, like I said, that's one of the things that that scene from Scott Pilgrim represents, is just that female, strong female empowerment. I'm just like, hell yes. <laughs> For one, the, the, the woman is, is saving the day, not just the man. So, so is that why you prefer Ramona over Knives? Uh, or how did you feel about Knives, is what I want to ask. Uh... I hate to say this, but a bit much, kind of on the annoying side. I'm like, yeah, really. But I mean, just just from the very beginning, and I'm, and and even when he broke, which I'm not condoning cheating, but like even when he broke up with her, and stuff like that, and just like I'm like, really, mm-hmm. just like get over it, yeah, or just like move on, dude. Like I I get that you're hurt, but like really <laughs> yeah and it's like uh it's even something that even scott points out it's like uh don't worry knives it's like there it's like or i think he points out as one of his friends it's like you can date knives it's like or knives you could like you date one of my friends it's like it's fine but i mean it but with with um i think part of the reason why also is because you could tell her character was a lot more confident uh-huh. and secure with herself which i'm sure as anyone else knows that's obviously a very attractive thing in anyone yeah. So it was just. It seems that she was very sure of herself, confident, and like so. Just I liked her style. So yeah. Yeah. She was a, a bit edgy, and I I liked that. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, she seemed a lot like she she's been around. And 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 mature. So I was like, this girl's the girl I could I could hang out with, man. Yeah. And especially with the name like Knives, it's like, yeah, I'll stick with the person who's most likely going to kick ass. Actually, I, I was like thinking, why Knives? <laughs> why like, not Knives? Why, I, I, don't, I don't know why. I don't, well, know, I, I don't know if I would ever consider calling my character a, a, a cooking utensil. Well, and this is coming from someone who cooks. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't know. There are some... I don't know, there are some girls who are, like, called Red, actual, like, the name Red. Interesting. Yeah, and some people call their dogs Old Blue. Yeah. I mean, I mean, now that's different of colors, I know, but... I know that in the, um, uh, movie, uh, God, what was that movie, that Disney movie with, um, the Blue Freak, about the Blue Freaking Bird? Uh... That was uh, raised by that woman in Minnesota or some shit like that. Um, oh, that's not a Disney film. That's a Blue Sky Studios. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Rio. Um, yeah. Call, calling him Blue. I'm like, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. All because your bird's blue. Really? Ugh, whatever. <laughs> What'd you name your goat? Goat. <laughs> What's his last name? Milk? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I drink. 
with, or, or cheese. Like, I mean... Yeah, I'm too lazy for cheese. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, other, other, overall, I definitely think it definitely had some pros, um, but... I'll say that. I'll, yeah. Let's, let's, uh, let me ask this. Like, who would you say is your favorite evil ex and who is your least favorite? Favorite evil ex, um... Like, uh, regardless of, like, fight scene. None of them. <laughs> really? <laughs> Not even Chris Evans and his skateboard? Uh, I thought he was annoying. <laughs> well, I think that's all, the point. They were all just like really overly annoying. I'm like, it's... is this why they're considered evil? Because they're all loud, obnoxious, and annoying? Well, yeah. And plus, Chris <laughs> Evans cracks his neck to the universal theme. Dun, dun. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. Not even Chris Evans' looks Aww. could get. Could, I, I just, I'm sorry. It's just like their personal. I was just like, really, is part of the reason why they're considered evil exes because they're loud, obnoxious, and annoyingly dr- over dramatic. Yeah, and then that begs the question. It's like, what makes Scott so different from these guys? It's like, it's just the fact that he's just not a crippling asshole. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, I honestly can't say I liked any of her exes, man. Wow. Honestly, they, they all had the one major thing in common. They were both all loud, obnoxious, and annoying. Well, except Brandon, Ra- except Brandon Routh. He was more stoic than loud. Brandon? Routh, the vegan. Oh. <laughs> he was a different kind of annoying. Well, understandable, but at least he wasn't loud. Uh, at least not until he got the guitars and through scout for the wall but i mean just like is it is it weird that for some strange reason when i actually saw his character i started thinking of lance bass who from in sync the blonde <laughs> the blonde in sync member from in sync that's literally what I was he like. does look like him i was like why am i thinking of <laughs> I think him? that's the point i think that's i think he's supposed to look like one of those like hair dyed boy for uh, boy uh, boy band members that's like probably just like had a bit of an off time to be with his girlfriend or something. Because like in all honesty, one of the thing I was like, I'm kind of getting a gay vibe from you, dude. <laughs> and there's also another reason why he. I was thinking of Lance Bass with him. I'm like, I don't know if this is a good thing or not, but I'm like, you're kind of reminding me of him. And the, the, you want to know the sad part? I used to have a massive crush on Lance Bass, and mind you, the crush ended. <laughs> The crush ended a few years before I found out that he that he was gay. Wow. Yeah. Fun fact, ladies. <laughs> yeah. And I remember I actually even called my, my, my mom up and was like, "Guess who's gay?" And I'm and Are I the you only bringing me into this. The only <laughs> reason why the only reason why I even said anything was because it was like the fact that I was obsessed with the dude, yeah. literally obsessed with him. Massive crush, and yet I was like, as soon as I found out that news, I was, I was literally already over him by the time that he came out. I was like, okay, well, good thing I'm over over, over him already. Else yeah. I probably would be devastated, because I didn't have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I still do, but. <laughs> you never know who's lying these days. But, yeah, I, just, I, I was getting, I, I literally was just reminded of him, and I'm just like. 
I don't know if this is a good uh, re- time to be thinking of Lance Bass while I'm watching a movie, thinking that this character is reminding me of him literally between like the physique. Now you listen. And now you're just picturing Lance talking about like explaining how the cleaning lady dusts. <laughs> I just she dusts. I'm just on like wow. Okay, I just it, well that, and I don't think he would be going on and on running the vegan joke into the ground. Just like just Lord. Okay, but like. Mm-hmm. When it comes to, yeah, I, I honestly don't know if I have a favorite or least favorite villainous ex. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, I think for my least. Actually, least favorite, I'm actually realizing, I think it would honestly be the first ex that she had. Ah, uh, the first one we encounter? Yeah. I don't know why, but for some strange reason, I definitely, I was like, wait, you dated him, he kind of looks like he's gay too. <laughs> it's his eyeliner, isn't it? Well, that kind of his haircut. I was like... Yeah, yeah you know, because funny enough, I actually have a friend who has that kind of haircut, and he's been, like, uh, back and forth, like, uh, bi or gay, and it's, like, it's, it's complicated, but it's, like, I've met people with that haircut. And mind you, I'm not, like, I just say this, I'm not against uh, homosexuality or anything like no, that. No, 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 it's just that. I'm fully supportive of it. It's, it's just, just that it immediately reminded you of that. It's just a lot of these characters came, some of these characters came off as gay to me, and that's not the reason why I didn't like them. Mm. No problem with, sexu- with, 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 with homosexuality at all. I have no problem with gays and lesbians, just saying that for the record. Just, yeah, these characters <laughs> yeah, I mean, gave, Scott... gave off that, that kind of vibe that I'm like. Yeah, I mean, Scott's okay with gay, uh, gays. I mean, he's like, he, <laughs> he, told, uh, he told everyone at one point, I'm in lesbians with you. Yes. So it's like, he's perfectly understanding. <laughs> Funny enough, that's actually one of the plot points that actually uh, they uh, in the comics that uh, isn't covered in the movie is that eventually uh, Scott ends up by mm. and it's with his roommate. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's like he forgets Ramona and knives. Actually, and I like, was you know impressed. What? I was impressed with that because a lot of uh, guys would not be secure enough to actually do that, share a bed with their male with their male friends. And their partner. And so I'm just like, <laughs> I was really impressed with the fact that they actually added that to the storyline. I was like, wow, okay, this is actually, like, kind of cool. <laughs> Canada's but progressive. Take that, America. The fact, well, because I also saw a, a post the other day about, I think it was um, a, girl, a girl actually uh, trying to make or suggest that um, male sleepovers be more accepted. And stuff like that to be able for, for like men to actually spend time with their male friends and not have it be anything that's re- labeled as gay or or uh, toxic or anything like that. It's like mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with with that. That actually might actually be healthy for some men to actually have something like that. Yes, I'm aware that people hearing me say this would probably be like, oh my god, she's she's. Again, something that's totally unnatural. I'm like, I've had sleepovers as a kid, and I went to sleepovers. It's not that uncommon. Yeah, I just, just, but like, it's like if you find it weird, then obviously you never had childhood. You, you have problems. That's what that is. You need to go back into the closet. But it's a ditch. Yeah, but (laughs) but it's just I'm I, I just I think. For me, that was a really cool aspect because a lot of men I'm reading are definitely saying that they are more in touch with their 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 masculine side. They're they're very uh, mm-hmm. um, they're comfortable with 
they're secure with themselves basically and I I like hearing when when men are like that because it, it to me it represents them evolving more instead of being this toxic uh, behavior of oh men can't do this or I'm like why not yeah that that doesn't seem right and luckily to me. with it uh, luckily with it Edgar Wright and being back in 2010 it's like it's one of those things where it's like it's subtle but it's like and it really does it can leave an impact with you like you've described it it's like but what I also love about it is that it's subtle enough to where it's like that's not the main focus it's like words like it's it's a part of it but it's like uh, it's not taken away from the focus of like you know following Scott Pilgrim who is a Canadian jerk that we are but it's like that you know depending on who you are can uh, will depend on if he's likable or not but I mean um, other than that yeah it was just I there were certain, definitely certain aspects that I liked Mm-hmm. certain aspects that, that I found interesting. Like I said, the fact that some of her exes, I was like, okay, they're, they all seem to have one thing in common. They're a lot obnoxious and, and annoyingly overdramatic, but a lot, a couple of them, I was like, okay, a couple of these guys even seem like they're gay, which is shocking that she would date a, a gay man or at least someone who, who comes off as being like that. Because like I said, a lot of them just seem to come off as being attracted to men. And I'm like... And some of them even ended up being in comic book movies. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, uh, it was, it was just, it was a interesting film to say the least. So, but I did mm-hmm. like certain aspects of it. All right. Like I said, I, I definitely appreciated the the, 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 the um, closeness between him and his his male friends. I thought that that was actually very much appreciated. Something that we need to improve more of. Yeah. Um, and uh, not to go into yeah. spoilers about the ending, but it's like I wanted to also bring up it's like that one moment where uh, spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it, but I like the moment where it's like where he's like at first going through the headquarters, uh, the last uh, ex's hideout, and finally having those moments of like, okay, this is what I want to say because I'm feeling it for Ramona, but now uh, and when he does it over again, and this time it's like no, this time I'm going to correct my friendship. Oh, I that, like that they yeah. did that. I like that they decided it's like, no, this is what you should have done. Yeah. Don't make this about love. This is about you. Fix yourself, jackass. Um, that, no, one thing I was going to say was um, this movie kind of reminded me of a, a TV show that had the same concept with um, the acceptance of, of, of men um, being affectionate towards each other because there's another TV show that I can think of called Brothers and Sisters. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or not. What's it called? Brothers and Sisters. Okay. There's a specific... The reason why I'm saying this is because there's a specific character in that show that is gay. He he comes from a very large family and he has... I don't know if the, bro- the brother character that, that he is supposed to be related to is older or younger than him, but there's a specific scene where... And I loved seeing this. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I loved seeing this, but um, he was just, they were very, very affectionate towards each other, and it wasn't weird to him, but at the same time, there's also an interview, actually, that I'm also thinking about now, where, uh, I think it was for The Hangover. There's a specific interview with, with The Hangover, the cast of The Hangover, and the, uh, I think Bradley Cooper, uh, remember remember the Asian in that in that movie? Yeah, Ken Jeong. Yeah, I, I, I always forget his name, but he was 
he came into the interview and Bradley Cooper immediately just put, because he said, was didn't know where to sit, and Bradley Cooper, without hesitation, put him on his lap and had him sit down on his lap. <laughs> I loved that. I'm like, see, this is what we need to see more of, is like people actually making this normalized and not something that's supposedly wrong. You know, it's funny enough, because uh, I, I mostly know Ken Jeong as uh, Ben Chang, uh, or Senior Chang from Community, which, mm. that's on Netflix if you want to check it out, but it's like, I probably would have expected if he if the names were switched where if he was called uh, Chang in The Hangover, it's like he would have been like, oh, Bradley's got his little Chang in his lap. But he's, yeah. he's, he has his Chang out in his lap for the interview. Isn't that nice, guys? But the one thing I definitely appreciate from this movie was that it made me realize one thing I actually want to see more of in, in um, a lot of TV shows and movies is the normalization of... Um, male affection yeah uh both um from like just gay characters and or just men being affectionate towards their friends i think we don't have enough of that i think it's it's the same thing as women owning women empowerment and women owning their power like especially that's one two things i actually appreciate from this film is that you've had both of that and I definitely think that we need more of that in, 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 in film and, and TV. So I definitely applaud this movie for actually including those because they did it in a very subtle way to where it wasn't like, boom, in your face. Mm-hmm. And it, like, it just, it, it, it was appreciated, basically. Yeah. That's one of the elements so. that, uh, for me, I thought worked with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is that you got DiCaprio, who's like this very insecure person that's trying to put on this facade. Mm. But then you also got... Uh, brad pitt's character who's the complete opposite of where it's like he's the most humble and relaxed guy ever but he's also incredibly dangerous and actually can probably kill you with a punch it's like i can understand it's like where they're they can um, definitely bring out the you said once upon a time in hollywood mm-hmm. the one that i uh, was that the one that came out recently in, in theaters yes okay just want to make sure i knew, knew which one you're talking yeah about. but it's like yeah i uh, well, that'll be another topic for another mm-hmm. time, but it's like, uh, for, for what you were talking about, it's like that element, it's like, I I do get where you're coming from, and mm-hmm. I'm glad that we're starting to see that more with movies today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and it's really interesting how, like, we can also look at this one and be like, this is one of the first, like, stepping stones to be like, that actually started to go towards that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <sighs> definitely one uh, I have, I never saw. I definitely... Um, was at the movie theater when it did come out, but I never saw it personally. So once upon a time in Hollywood, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, and I guess that kind of end this off uh, with the talk about Scott Pilgrim is that I definitely want to go to the one thing that irked me about it was that when this film came out, uh, mm-hmm. bear in mind this was like 2010 August. It's like it was. It's competing films were like The Expendables and Eat, Pray, Love. Mm. This film, Scott Pilgrim bombed against both of those two mm. not just because one was uh, to both were successful than the other uh because they had a bigger audience poll but also because uh <laughs> this was also going around the time where it's like a lot of movies were like starting to get pirated on the internet where mm. films like you know kick-ass inception iron man 2 all of these big major blockbuster films were starting to get leaked online and you know people were selling out inception was got leaked yeah, it, mm. that was a it was a big year in which a lot of films were just getting uh, you know leaked to the public on like bootleg DVDs. My brother was one of those people who ended up getting a few of them for like mm. uh, the A Team, uh, which also came out that summer. 
I have seen the Atom. I have seen Inception. I don't know mm-hmm. about the other films. Kick-Ass, I'm not sure if I saw. Yeah, well, um, it, it wasn't just also that, but apparently there were also, uh, and I can confirm this because my, uh, my, I had siblings who were working at the, the movie theater at the time. Uh, they told me that, yeah, there were some employees who were letting uh, people see Scott Pilgrim for free. Yeah, and I thought that was, uh, I, I mean, I can understand, like, maybe just to be generous to people, but to, like, have it be that much and to, like, kind of, it just kind of begs the question, it's like, okay, how much was this affecting other movies, and was this the only county doing this, and who else was doing it? But it's like, it just had a lot of factors that just, like, really went against it, and it's a shame because I feel like had this gotten the proper marketing treatment and had this probably been released at a better date, like honestly, had this come out in May, I think it probably would have been a bigger success than mm. maybe even Iron Man 2. Uh, but yeah, I actually don't think I saw Iron Man 2. Uh, There's like, you're, you're, people, you're probably going to hear me say it a lot because again, poverty, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's just like in, in that case, it's like it just really irks me that it's like, you, you know, it's like, so whenever a film does bomb, it's like, uh, I always have that in the back of my head. It's like, okay, did people actually see it? And if so, did they pay for their tickets? Mm. It's like, that, that, that's always a hard gamble for some things. And now I can also, especially with like theater price tickets nowadays, and like I can definitely understand that's like how people would be more inclined to like prefer to like bootleg a movie or like watch mm. it online just to be like, one of those people would be like, okay, I saw it and got out of the way and moved on with their day. Mm, okay. And mm. I only wish they did that with a lot of bad films, like The Last Airbender. <laughs> Although I'm probably guessing it, they did, and it unfortunately still made money because of... The Last Airbender was, was cartoon, or was it... Was it, uh, it was the live-action live, movie. Okay. It was the live-action version of the cartoon. The trailer cartoon. looked interesting, but... Yeah, this is the thing. The the, tra- the teaser trailer looked really good. It's just that the rest of the movie was absolutely... Uh, trust me. Watch a f- uh, watch at least the, the first few episodes of... Th- or watch the first season... Uh, the, the, the last Airbender movie covers the first season of Avatar. Mm. If you watch the two and compare the two, you'll understand it's like, oh, now I get why people are so mad. Like... Like, honestly, that was, like, a contender for, like, the worst, not only the worst film of 2010, but a lot of people say that was the worst film of the entire decade. And bear in mind, that was 2010, so it's, like, that set the bar extremely low. All right. Yeah, it's, like, I I definitely would have said said that was my worst film of that year, but I I had watched I Spit on Your, the remake of I Spit on Your Grave, and Mm. I'm still trying to spray my eyes with acid every time I mm. so that I could get it out of my head it's it's, it's, that, right. it's that bad yeah is that one you're going to be forcing me to watch no 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 no, no. there I have my limits thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> it's like I that that's practically showing you a snuff film I'm not that cruel <laughs> Well, good to know. Yes. Yeah, it's like that, the only way that's going to happen is if I never saw the movie and it's the first time I'm watching it. <laughs> but even then, it's like I'd be I'd be hesitant. Good to know. Yeah. All right, that kind of uh, wraps up this uh, going on for quite a while. Uh, so 
Thank you all for joining us and listening to us ramble about Scott Pilgrim and a bunch of other crap going on in our lives. <laughs> uh, and also realizing just how uh, one is educated in one sense and the other is educated in another sense. So we'll see where that goes. And uh, until then, we'll see you guys next time. Take care. See ya.